Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the exciting science behind HRV and how you can apply it to your own health and the work that you do. Just a note, this podcast does not replace medical advice, and if you're going to apply this to your own life or others, please consult with a medical provider. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome, friends, to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. I am Matt Bennett. I am back here with Dr. Dave Hopper. Dr. Dave, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hello. Happy to be back. So we are going to talk about uh, one of my favorite topics about heart rate variability from the mental health perspective. And this is, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, kind of biohacks. Uh, what, what we can do, basically wellness approaches, but biohacks kind of sounds cooler, um, you know, with this. Uh, of things that we can do, focus areas where we can improve our heart rate variability and as a result, improve our overall uh, wellness, uh, both from a mental health perspective, cognitive health, medical health, social health, all those things that are related to heart rate variability that we've talked about throughout these episodes. So I'm excited, you know, I, I know I have my thoughts on this, but I also will uh, readily admit that, that your expertise well exceeds mine, especially with your background in training, uh, you're a professional athlete, you are a chiropractor, I call you a doctor. So I'm excited to jump into this. So I'll just uh, turn it over to you. Uh, let's just start, what are some, uh, we're, we're gonna start a little bit smaller here and then build up to more complexity as we go forward. But let's start with, you know, I, I guess to throw the question is, what do you do? What, what are some of the, the strategies uh, that, that you kind of put on the radar of, of the folks that, that you work with professionally? Uh, what, what can I do to improve my heart rate variability? Well, I, well Matt, I, I love this topic because I, because I, I can tell you all the time, I, I get patients asking me about this. I, you know, I, I always try to get people started on uh, on things to improve their heart rate variability, to improve their global, uh, to improve their global health, uh, right? As a result, um, so I, I always want to get people started on this, and then I and then I get the questions um, very quickly. But what supplement can I take? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Give me a pill, Doctor Dave. Give me a pill. <laughs> right. And um, it, and that's and that's where I always say, no, 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 no. We have we have a lot of things to do before we get to talking about uh, about supplements. Uh, we have a lot of things to do before. You know, before we talk about cold showers, right? Uh, like we kind of uh, have alluded to in our past episode, um, there is there is some very very basic things that everybody needs to have down. At just first, this is ground level stuff. Um, if if you don't have these things down, then don't think about the higher level stuff um, because because that's where if you're not nailing the basic level stuff. Um, you know, and I'm talking about things as basic as sleep. Um, if you're not nailing that, then you're just throwing your money in the garbage when you're spending it on supplements. Um, you are wasting your time in the gym, potentially. You know, I, it is, a, it is these, these basic level things that need to be happening the right way um, in order for you to be seeing these results. And a lot of times when people get the basics down, um, what they find is, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. I I'm looking amazing. And 
what's this? My heart rate variability is telling me that I am doing amazing, right? Uh, you see, you see some nice, some nice steady climbing happening with that heart rate variability, which is what we want to see. Um, you know, no, uh, no crazy jumps with that. <laughs> so, uh, so that's, um, that's where we're at. And that's where I want to talk about today. Uh, or what I want to talk about today is, is all of those basic things, um, that a lot of people uh, often miss. Um, so if you're ready for that, let's, uh, let's do it. Yes. Okay. So, um, so the first basic thing that I'm going to talk about is, uh, is so basic, uh, that a lot of people are going to say, why are you talking to me about that? Um, and that is breathing. Um, many people do not breathe properly. Um, and, and, uh, I know we have, uh, we have another guest who, uh, who would be amazing to talk about this yes. with. Um, and I, and, and I'd love to get her, her take on all of this too, but it's, it's breathing. Um, and why do so many people breathe improperly? It's because most people in the world do exactly what you and I are doing right now, Matt. And that is, uh, and that is we sit at computers, we're in a hunched over posture, our head falls forward, right? Our core totally disengages and, and we have a diaphragm that just collapses. And now all of a sudden we can't use our diaphragm, which, which is what does the majority of our breathing for us. And, uh, and then what do you see? You see this, yeah, you know, uh, people's mouths open and they're breathing, um, all yeah. these kinds of things. So, um, so the best thing that we can all do is sit up nice and tall, right? Allow our diaphragm to actually do what it needs to do, right? So that our diaphragm can come down, pull air into our lungs, um, and then push uh, and, and push back out, right? That's, uh, that's what we want to see happening. And then another big, big thing with breathing is, is you're breathing through, breathing through your nose or breathing through your mouth. And there's a lot of people out there who breathe through their mouth. And, um, and that is, that is unfortunate because your nose does a lot of wonderful things for your air as it comes into your body. So when you breathe in through your mouth, air is coming in cold, it's coming in too fast. It's coming in unfiltered. Um, and you're missing a huge shot of, uh, of nitric oxide, which is, which is really cool, right? That we get that as we breathe in. Um, so, so when you breathe in through your nose, you're getting all of these added benefits. And, and as a result, we can actually take more oxygen out of that air, which is really cool. So, so this uh, mouth breather stereotype is there is there something really to that because you you hear uh you know probably ages me a little bit but mouth breather was not a uh really complimentary thing to say to somebody at, at uh certain points of my uh you know adolescence <laughs> so uh so yes um there there is there is something to that uh yeah, where um, where the stereotypic mouth breather is uh, is is not somebody who is in uh, is in very good shape typically, right? Yeah. Um, and as well, um, it it's usually portrayed in uh, in TV shows and whatnot as somebody of a uh, of a lower IQ. Um, and and yeah, I mean, you know, your your body's not functioning as well. Uh, you know, you're you're missing out on a lot. Um, and and Matt, you get so when you're breathing in through your mouth, your oral tissues are literally becoming inflamed in the process. Um, it's going to, it's going to encourage more mouth breathing as a result. Um, and, and you're going to see things like, you know, 
does this person snore at night? Do they gargle? Do they have inflamed tonsils, adenoids, that kind of stuff, um, which is going to make breathing through the nose even harder. Um, and then, uh, and then equally too, uh, you know, your, uh, your nasal turbinates will become inflamed when they're not getting used. Um, so that's another thing that, that we want to think about. Like, so, so okay. what are, what are those? Help me out with nas nasal. I am sorry. Yes. Uh, your nasal turbinates. So, um, so as you breathe in, you have these bones, um, and, and they are going to spin your air. Uh, so they're going to spin the air very fast. And it's really cool. What, uh, what turbinates do, um, so when you breathe in through your nose, it spins the air so fast and it flings all of the small particles, you know, we're talking about bacteria, we're talking about virus, viruses, um, all those little things, and it sticks them to the walls. Um, and then what reaches the back of your nasopharynx or the back of your throat, right, right behind your nose, is, is really, really clean air uh, that doesn't have any of that stuff in it. So... Um, Cool. So that's really cool. Our body's filtration system is honestly better than any filtration system that you can pay hundreds of dollars for to, uh, to have sit in the awesome. corner of your room. So it's, it's really cool. Just breathe through your nose, uh, bottom line. <coughs> and then, yeah, I've um, heard some strategies. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Of, uh, like if you, are, uh, if you are a mouth breather when you sleep to put, actually put tape, over your mouth have you ever read i was like what what you know so sometimes some of this stuff seems a little out there uh i i don't have that problem most nights my, my wife does tell me i snore occasionally uh but would you recommend that to folks i, I thought that was crazy when i heard it but it kind of makes sense with what you're you're giving us here so absolutely i'm a big proponent of uh, of mouth taping uh, which i if you if you suggest that to somebody who is who's never heard of this, you you want me to tape my mouth? <laughs> I was just glad I, I'm a nose breather when I sleep because I doesn't seem comfortable when we talk about sleep. But hey, I, I was fascinated by it. Yeah, actually, um, a guy uh, there's a dentist actually out of uh, Colorado Springs. Um, I want to say uh, Dr. Frank Seaman, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he has done. Uh, he has done a ton in that. Actually, he. Uh, what's the. Uh, what's the big uh, mountain over there in uh, uh, Pikes Peak? There you go, Pikes Peak. Uh, he. He summited that with uh, with his mouth taped. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, um, it, and it's really cool. Um, you know, try breathing through your mouth while you're. Or, I'm sorry, uh, just through your nose while you're exercising. It's actually. Uh, quite intense um yeah I've, I've started that when i've run um and, and it's it's a very different experience it took it was funny i was i i it's how i ran i trained myself to do it but then i was running with a mask on and i just had to go back to to mouth breathing because i i just couldn't run and get enough air in with the mask and the nose breathing. But, you know, now that I'm okay to go out without a mask, it's, it's getting back to that. So it's kind of fun to, to go back to training. Uh, I'm, I'm in the, uh, I, I, I don't know if you've had the, the snot stage of nose breathing while exercising where it's yes. just kind of gross for the first few times you do it. I, I will own that piece of it. 
Yeah, no, it, it, it's a, uh, it can be very gross. Yeah. <laughs> but, but tell me, tell me, what am I doing? Because, you know, sometimes I adopt these things. I heard them somewhere else and I pre- So, so what, why would, why would someone like me try to, is it the same thing what you talked about, but what is the nose breathing doing for me during exercise? So, so honestly, during exercise, uh, you know, breathe through your mouth if that's what's most comfortable. Um, you know, it's it's more of a uh, it's more of a, a challenge uh, yeah. for yourself when you're uh, when you're doing cardio or something of that nature. It uh, it, it actually makes it a lot more difficult as uh, as you've experienced. Yes. Um, so yeah, no, there is a, you you can absolutely breathe through your mouth while exercising, especially if you're going into high intensity stuff. Um, do not feel, do not feel bad about that. That's why we have accessory breathing muscles. Do, do not pass body. out on the treadmill because of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's a, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of mechanisms that play for, for running from bears and exercising. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, that's, um, it's, it's, uh, at rest, um, and especially while we're sleeping, that's, that's when, uh, when nasal breathing is of the most importance. Um, so, so yeah, we want to see that. And then, and then, you know, you can get into, um, you know, the difference between chest breathing and belly breathing on, you know, um, uh, what type of rate are you breathing at all of these kinds of things, which I, which I, I would say, let's talk about that right now, but I want to make sure that we touch on the other basics. Great. Um, and also, um, you know, if I, you know, for people who may, may have seen our app, um, when you, a lot of that stuff. If you're breathing at your resonance frequency, uh, which you can learn through our app, um, if you're doing any of that biofeedback training, um, it's going to be talking about some of that in there too. Yeah. Um, and uh, and definitely something we can talk about more. But honestly, I would love to have um, I'd love to have somebody else talk a little yes, bit more yes. on, uh, on that. The three too. of us will. Uh, yeah, I, I could nerd out about this topic uh, as well. So, so let's move on. Uh, so, so we don't get stuck on one. Uh, let's move on. Uh, what's your next, uh, basic for us. So, so once you're breathing properly, well, now let's, uh, let's talk about sleep and, um, and something that I should mention as well. I, I mean, I know you know this, but, um, but I did, I, uh, I did, I, uh, while I was in, uh, in school getting my doctorate, I, I was a great, I was a, uh, assistant, uh, a research assistant doing uh, doing research all on obstructive sleep apnea. Um, so I got I went real deep in proper breathing and proper sleep, um, breathing while you're sleeping, all, all those kinds of things. Um, I went I went super deep on the research, and so um, my my goal was to find the best natural therapies for for all of those things. Um, so uh, so that that was um, that's where I've gotten a lot of this knowledge and a lot of. Uh, a lot of my motivation here and learned how, just how important all of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, as we, as we talk about sleep here, um, so sleep is, you know, next to breathing is, is the most important thing. Um, you know, we, we breathe all the time, right? Uh, you, can't, you can't go too long without breathing. Um, and you also can't go too long without sleeping. Um, and, you know, and we all have seen the effects of, uh, of a little bit of poor sleep. And, and honestly, for anybody out there who is checking your HRV on a, on a regular basis, go without sleep or just shorten your sleep, you know, even just, even just by, you know, a few hours uh, and see how much that affects your HRV. Um, it, most of the time you'll feel it, but take a look, you know, you have the objective number right there when you measure your HRV. Look at the difference on a night that you sleep awesome versus the night that you that you skimp on some of your sleep. 
Um, or, or if you're like me and you have young kids uh, and you get disturbed many times throughout the night. <laughs> so, well, well, and it's funny, uh, as, as we record this, uh, the NBA playoffs are on. And it's, I, I don't watch tons of sports, but there are peak uh, times throughout the year. And this is uh, one I really enjoy the, the playoffs. But, you know, and I know I'm on mountain time. I, I don't know how East Coast folks do. Even Central time is tough. I, I would argue uh, we're, we're lucky out here on the West. But the games start at 8, and they go to, like, 11. And I know there's folks in New York that are just, like, cussing me out now because they, that, they just, I ask them, when do you sleep? We, we just don't. But it's like, you know, it was interesting, my, my HRV, uh, because uh, a few games I was really interested in was going 11, 11.30. I usually – am heading to bed around 9 30 because i know how important this is i saw like uh what was it a 70 percent drop in my hrv score from one day to the next yeah i'm like seriously like it was only like maybe an hour and a half at most two hours i gave myself a little bit more time to sleep in the morning i'm sure you're going to talk about consistency of sleep but yes. it was like it was amazing i'm like i I just and the Nuggets won. Like I was all. Oh, it's like I could see if the Nuggets lost, and I like, oh, it's just like no, you know. But it is so right. And those even like a, a let a losing an hour had like a 70 percent drop from day to day. Went to bed normal time last night. Back up. Probably jumped eighty percent. I'm like. The Nuggets are playing again tonight, and I'll, I'll probably watch it. But, you know, at least I know what I'm doing to myself. <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you're aware of it, at least it's a little better. <laughs> yeah, it's a choice. Yeah, yeah, it's like drinking a beer. It's a choice, yeah. Right, right, exactly. That's um, What's that, uh, TiVo, right? Uh, what, yeah. what is it? Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know. It's but not the well, same. I'm watching the game at like it's 7 in the morning. Ah, I don't know. And then, you know, our effect, friend yeah. Jeff will text me throughout the game. So, uh, I, I know. I know. I can be better. I can be better, Dr. Dave. I can be better. <laughs> yes. Well, well, I know there's a lot of guilty people out there in the same yeah. boat as you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you get caught up in things and you stay up uh, much later than anticipated. Yeah. Um, yeah as for me, I, uh, I, I find myself in bed uh, well before <laughs> most nights. Yes. Uh, but, you know, again, I, the, the little kid thing, uh, you know, you yeah. sleep when you can get it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yes, as you said, consistency of sleep. Yeah. Um, there is a lot that I would love to dive really deep in about sleep um, as far as like hacks for sleep, this and that, right. um, you know, even supplements, uh, you know, to help with sleep when you're traveling, all of those kinds of things, um, yeah. which, which are awesome topics to get into. Um, but, but what I want to touch on here is, is the most important parts of sleep, the basics of sleep. Um, are you getting eight hours? And I'm not talking about eight solid hours of sleep, sleep. I'm talking about, are you, are you in bed for eight hours? Do you have an eight hour opportunity for sleep? Um, and that, that's, you know, something that has shown to be the most important thing. Um, you know, and then, uh, and then, are, are you going to end up sleeping eight hours that whole time? No, uh, no. But but if you're winding up, you know, somewhere in that, you know, somewhere in that six to eight hour uh, category, you're you're going to be you're going to be doing pretty good. Um, so, so gonna, I, I'd love to ask you this question because yeah. you know what I'm seeing, and most of the wellness books I read, well, most of the wellness material I read is is in book format. So I know when you read books, 
there's a delay between research and integration and then publication and a, a book from journal to book sort of thing. Because one of the things I'd, I'd love to ask you is, you know, back, I would say 10 years ago, you would, and there's some genetic variation here as far as I understand it, but you would sort of see seven to eight hours of sleep. That that was pretty standard. What I'm, I'm seeing now in some of the books I'm reading is kind of dropping the seven and really talking about unless you're won the lottery and genetics for sleep which we know some people like i always like to say if you wake up totally refreshed great if you can't remember the last time you woke up totally refreshed like me this some pay attention to so i was i'm kind of wondering what you you're seeing because as these sleep monitors get on us in different ways, I'm really seeing this shift to uh, eight or more. And I think my own personal experience with the sleep monitor I had on for a couple of years was you need eight and a half hours of sleep, not, not time in bed, but sleep. So I, I'd love, because I'd love to like run with the seven hours of sleep thing again, because yes. I can work my NBA playoffs into that. Uh, but I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, I'm see, it's just seems like we almost est- underestimated and because of our high stress lifestyles, it, it, it is getting more around eight. And like I said, then my, my feedback, eight and a half hours of sleep a night, like was probably my normal, you know, need according to something I paid a lot to measure uh, this with. Yes. <laughs> well, we, you, you hit the nail right on the head when you said, uh, you know, unless you won the genetic lottery, yeah. uh, you, do you need less than uh, less than eight hours of, of sleep or sleep opportunity? Um, and, uh, and that couldn't be more accurate. Um, it is such a small percentage of the population just yeah. assume that you are not one of those. Yeah. Uh, is your is your is your safest bet for anybody? And stay like, anonymous because we will all hate you if you raise your hand. You right? know, we, we... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's it, it's a very large rarity uh, to yeah. to the point that um, you know I, I would just assume that you you probably yeah. aren't and you probably don't know anybody who is right. Um, so yeah, it, it, do yourself and your friends a favor and uh, and go to bed early. <laughs> um, but I. Uh, but you know, with that, yes, uh, you know, there because there was that, you know, for a little bit, there was a, there was, a, I think it was more of a misunderstanding than anything. Uh, yeah. People saying that you need six to eight hours of sleep, but it's six to eight hours of actual sleep, yeah. um, eight hours of time in bed. Uh, you know, so there's yeah. there's quite a difference there. And then, and then Matt, like you're saying, you now some people do. Um, find, especially when you're living a higher stress lifestyle, uh, you know, or, or going through different, different phases of your life where you are going to need more time in bed. Um, right. You know, I mean, uh, think about little kids, think about babies. Uh, how much, yeah. how much time are they spending? Um, yeah. I w- wish you could spend some of that time. Oh, uh, yeah. that's a doorbell at the clinic. Uh, letting us know <laughs> that we have, uh, we have patients here. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Um, he is a real doctor. <laughs> With yes. it, with the doorbell. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's been our um, our, our policy. Uh, people have to wait out in the uh, in the common area instead of using our beautiful lobby right now. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, I'm sorry. I was uh, I was talking about yes, uh, the uh, the in how some people are going to need more hours of sleep. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's totally true. You know, the thing is, is the only way you can figure that out 
is to try. Um, you know, I think, I, I, I believe I've heard that, you know, go on vacation and, uh, and not on an alcohol night, right? Which I, I guess, right. when are you on vacation and not drinking alcohol? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but if you can find that situation where you don't have to wake <laughs> up the next day, let yourself sleep in. Um, yeah. you know, and, and see when you would naturally wake up. And that, and that can give you a much better estimate of how much time you actually need Great. when you don't have to get up. Um, and then you want to try to try to push yourself towards that. Um, now, I, I have definitely seen, um, you know, that when you start getting into that, you know, uh, 10 plus hours of sleep, actually, uh, now, you're, now you're looking at something detrimental, um, where, where you see that people who are sleeping lengths of that, of that amount are typically very sick people, um, or you see that they are just less healthy, uh, you know, in one way or another in general, um, which is, uh, which I found very interesting. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I would love to, uh, you know, dig deeper on that as well, but, uh, but it is, it is interesting. You see that, Okay, the optimal level, and then just like anything, too much of a good thing becomes bad. Uh, right, exactly. So is it the extra sleep that is bad, or is it that these people have something wrong with them, and that's why they're sleeping extra? Um, you know, that's kind of one of those um, to be determined uh, yeah. uh, things out there. Um, but yeah, so we want to you want to find that sleep window for yourself, yeah. and then not only consistency in the number of hours that you're spending in bed, but we also want to find that um, is that you're going to sleep and waking up at the same time every day, yep. including weekends. <laughs> and, yeah. playoffs and, yeah. and, and playoffs. And playoffs. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So that's, uh, that is, that is another tough thing for a lot of people to, uh, to nail. Um, but um, you know, it, it has to do with our, our circadian rhythm. It has to do with our hormones being released at the right times. Um, if you, if you are going to sleep one night at seven o'clock, you go to bed the next night at 10 o'clock, you know, and you're, you're all over the board. Um, your body's not going to really understand what you're doing here and you're not going to get the, your, your sleep hormones, right? Your melatonin boost right when you need it, uh, to start directing your body towards bed. Um, and, uh, and that's super important. And then that gets us into, um, you know, developing a sleep routine, um, and sleep hygiene, um, and all of those kinds of things, which, um, which again, uh, for another episode where we might dive deeper on sleep, uh, cause, cause we really want to, we really want to get into that stuff. Um, how to set yourself up properly so that you do get that hormone release at the right time. Yeah. Um, you know, how to, how to cue yourself throughout the day, uh, to make sure that your sleep is going to be most optimal. Um, so yeah, uh, but, uh, Again, I uh, don't want to go too far on sleep because we, we have a lot that I want to cover. And Look I know that's, that's just delaying gratification on all these topics. I love it. I love it. All right. What do you got for us next? Um, so nutrition, um, you know, which is going to be uh, one of the next, uh, one of the next largest points here. Um, and I, and I also have water within that because um, a lot of people don't think about nutrition and water. They just think about the food that I'm eating and not the water that I'm consuming. Um, and the consumption of water, and I'm talking not drinks, water, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just water is, uh, is very, very important. Um, and, and most people don't realize this, but you should be consuming at least half your body weight in ounces of water every single day. Right. So, um, 
so I weigh 200 pounds, right? So, uh, so that means I should be drinking at least a hundred ounces of water every day. And, you know, measure how much water you drink each day. That's, yeah. that's a lot of water. <laughs> so, um, as you know, for most listeners out there, you're going to, you're going to do that quick calculation and go, oh my gosh, I have a long way to go. Yeah. And, um, and I don't know if that was uh, what, what you just did in your own head too, Matt. But yeah, I, well, it's funny. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, honestly, I did not think much about hydration until moving out to Colorado, where it's, uh, I mean, find someone without a Nalgene bottle walking around, you know, where we all, you know, and, and it's so it's be it's really interesting having adapted from the Midwest environment where uh, humidity is both in the summer. I didn't realize it was humid in the winter. Uh, it's like, boy, we're miserable all seasons, uh, at least in, you, you know, in Indiana, at least where I'm from. You come out to Colorado, sun's out all year round. You have, you know, no humidity, which is actually a great thing weather-wise. But yeah, it, it's, it's just uh, how much I drink uh, water. And a little funny story here uh, is when I like go to places like, you know, the Chicagoland area. Um, it's, it's weird when I come back to this altitude and this, uh, the dryness, like it, there's a 12 hour purge of water. Like I won't get into the details of how that happens. I'm sure, <laughs> you, know, you know, biologically everybody's got that, but it's like, I, I, my talk about sleep quality. It's like all of a sudden my body's like, okay, I went to the Midwest. I absorbed all this cause I'm still drinking the same amount I drink in Colorado. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's crazy how, how my body just adjusts based on, uh, I probably a little bit of altitude, but I, I just think the dry of the, the mountain West, uh, you know, uh, climate. Oh my gosh. That is a, that is super interesting. I would yeah. have to pay attention to that. Um, cause that's, uh, well, I, I guess, uh, the next time I go, uh, I, I go visit Colorado. I'm gonna really, uh, I'm gonna really pay attention to to how that works out. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, I noticed that. I'd, I'd be inter- I've never really said that out loud because it's a little embarrassing. But you know, it's just like this. Like it's amazing to see what what happens when you 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 shift those climates. And it's something I've tried to do with traveling is, you know, because on a plane you're kind of supposed to drink more because it's a very right also but it's like so i like i can win on one end but i pay for it on the other it's it's an interesting like thing being in this this climate so we we probably need at least probably half uh, an additional half ounce for body weight uh with how dry we are uh here so absolutely and um and that's so that's another great point there too is that is that you have to adjust any recommendation that you get from yeah for many doctors, uh, you have to adjust to fit you. Um, you know, when, when you toss out a general recommendation, um, that's that's exactly it. You have to fit it to your lifestyle. Um, because the other thing that I'm going to add to that is, is as well, if you are consuming coffee throughout the day, then you are going to need every cup of coffee you have. Add another, add another cup of water. Add another, you know, eight ounces of water to uh, to that recommendation. Um, if you, if you're consuming soda, first of all, stop, uh, yeah, please, <laughs> no, and stop. then, uh, and then next thing, add another, add another eight ounces of water there. And um, just dump, dump the soda out. <laughs> right, right. That would be, uh, that would be the best move. So, um, so can I, is that, is that caffeine that's doing that? Like, yeah, I'm a tea drinker. So do I need to worry about that? Like the coffee drinkers do? 
Um, well, well, when we talk about caffeine, well, and, and soda for that regard, um, it, yeah, uh, they are, the caffeine is going to make it a, a diuretic. So you are going okay. to, you know, lose more that way. So that's part of it. But, um, but honestly, it's a, uh, it's the extra stuff that's coming in. So not so much, uh, for the coffee, but so for something like soda, we want to, uh, we want to dilute a little more too. Right. Um, and then, um, and then when we talk, uh, you know, other, other times when you're going to want to add more in um, is if you are exercising, which um, yeah. which is a topic that we may or may not have time to get to today. Um, is again, uh, you know, if you're exercising at any intensity, you're gonna you're gonna want to drink more water because you're losing more water. Um, so we want to we want to do that now for tea. Um, you know, you have more solute coming in, so would it be a bad idea to add more water? Not at all. It's never a bad idea to add more water. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I have this argument with my, with my wife. Uh, she's like, she's like, no, you don't understand. If I drink more water, I have to pee more. And that means that I take more breaks throughout the day. And then I'm not getting as much done. And <laughs> like, but you need more water. More water. Yeah, you, you do. You do. So, so let me ask you another thing I heard and I've adopted in my routine uh, is I drink uh, about a liter of water, and I'm a for you know, people who don't know me, six seven, about two fifteen. So give you some, but I, I drink a liter of water in my morning routine. Um, you you know, have you seen any? I, I, I this was something I heard along the way somewhere, but is, have you heard any of that? Like to to consume a maybe if you're, you know, a normal size person, it would just be like maybe a pint or something, a half a liter, but anything about sort of starting out with a, a good dose of water in the morning that benefits you throughout the day? Well, well, first of all, you know, I like, I like you just throwing the rest of us into that normal size person. Category. <laughs> the rest of us aren't giants. Um, yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> I got, I got to throw it out. Cause, cause uh, some people like, I, you know, maybe your wife, a leader would really throw her day off in the morning. So, so yeah, no, I'm, um, I, I, I really support that. And, and I am the same way. Um, you know, so, uh, so, and I, and I am a normal sized person. <laughs> um, so, um, no, what, first thing when I wake up, I, I try to do, I try to do at least 32 ounces of water. Um, sometimes I will aim to, uh, to go towards that 64. It just really, uh, you know, to be completely honest, depends on morning, um, and, and how much water I feel like I can hold before you get that. Oh man, I think I'm going to puke. And then I try to do my workout immediately after. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so sometimes that doesn't, uh, it's not a good morning for it. Yeah. But, um, but I, that's, um, that's a good idea. I'm a big fan of that. I think it makes the rest of my day go better. It seems yeah, to, do, yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it seems to, I don't know if, um, if nothing else, make it easier to drink water the rest of the day. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, it's really changed. It's, I, I think too, again, some of this is the climate that I, I live in and probably the altitude as well. But, but I, I just think, you know, and, and uh, boy, I, I'm getting way more personal than I ever have in a podcast here. But, but you know, you get older and sometimes you go to the bathroom more at night. So, you know, there, there's a strategic cutoff point for me, you know, of, hey, I know I'd love to drink a liter before I go to bed. 
not good for sleep quality, but I think, I think somewhat uh, naturally we'll dehydrate because hopefully we were in bed, not drinking for eight hours. So, so it just kind of like wakes me up in a way, not necessarily like caffeine does, but it just kind of like, it just, I don't know. It's, it's just part of, I think I see it. I let's put it this way. I, I feel it when rarely I don't do it, but when I don't, around like 10 a.m. when I've been up for a couple of hours, I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm not, things aren't running like they normally do cognitively, physically. And it's just like, I've noticed uh, the rare times I don't do it. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot to throw that leader in when I'm on vacation or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you are, you are a hundred percent right. You, you feel better in, in every way when you do that. Yeah. And, uh, and to speak to your point um, about, about hydration at night. Uh, yes. Um, a lot of people have that problem and, uh, and, and, and everybody would have that problem if they drank a liter before. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it, if you do start, you know, if you do get your water in throughout the day and you do find that you are waking up multiple times throughout the night to urinate, um, that can actually be a sign that, uh, that when we go back to that, not breathing right thing, yeah. um, that, uh, that there is something that there is something going on there uh, that may be larger. If you if you haven't drink water, um, you know if you're cutting yourself off uh, well before bedtime, like you know even a couple hours before bed, and you're still finding yourself waking in the night to uh, to urinate multiple times, um, there there may be something bigger happening there, um, and that would be worth talking to talking to a sleep doctor about. Um, you know, and even, uh, especially if you're a male, uh, you know, looking into any, uh, possible prostate issues, anything like that too. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, in, in general, if you're drinking a lot of water all day and you get up to go to the bathroom during the night though, yeah, that's, uh, yep. that's relatively normal. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I think we might have time for one more, if you yeah. got one for us. So yeah, we, uh, I, we didn't even talk about nutrition. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, if we got little, let's just maybe touch on some, maybe introduce yeah. that because I, I'm sure we could at least have one episode fully on that topic. So, oh, it, what, what are again, we're talking about some of the basics here. So, do you have any basic advice, uh, with the on the nutritional end of things? Yes. So to stay real service level, real basic with nutrition, um, what I tell everybody, what I, what I recommend to everybody, and this is, this is almost irregardless of, uh, of what you got going on. Uh, you know, what your genetic makeup is this and that, of course, there is going to be medical exceptions to everything. Um, and, uh, and to, and to put that blanket statement out there too, you know, I, I am not your doctor. I don't know yes. you. So, uh, yeah. so please don't take any of this as medical advice, but, um, but in general with nutrition, um, it is anti-inflammatory. Um, you, you want to go and be as anti-inflammatory as possible with what you are putting in your body because our, our world, our environment, um, everything around us is going to cause a level of inflammation. And then if you can decrease that by any means, by what you are physically putting into your mouth right, and, and choosing to consume, uh, that, is going to, that is going to help you out tremendously. Um, and because when we look at, you know, what, what's the root cause of almost every disease out there? Inflammation. Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, if, if we backpedal, you know, through everything else that we went through, sleep, breathing, uh, yeah. you know, lack of water, those kinds yeah. of things, if you are hitting those right, you are causing inflammation within your body. Um, so if we can decrease inflammation by choosing the right foods for our body, that is huge. Um, and, and please don't, uh, you know, 
don't toss a label on it. You know, don't say I'm doing paleo diet. Don't say I'm doing keto diet. Um, you know, don't, don't say well, whatever. And, and, and if you are, that's fine. Um, there was a, there was a long time in my life where I was very strict paleo and, um, and I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm basically, that's how you would describe my diet now. Yeah. Um, but it is not a diet. That is, that is my lifestyle. That is how we cook. That is all we know. Um, you know, how often do I eat pasta? Very rarely. And, uh, and do you want to know what I just spent a whole day doing yesterday with, with my son and my, uh, with my son and my grandma, uh, you know, who's 85 Italian grandma, she was teaching us how to make, you know, dough and raviolis, uh, which is amazing, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> but, but you want to know what that stuff is, you know, it's, yeah, it's poison. <laughs> Don't so tell my good. grandma. <laughs> so good. And I've got a bunch of other pastas that are uh, paleo, more more in that realm, edamame, you know, those, those sort of things. But boy, is real pasta really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, and it's delicious. And that's, you know, and that's, um, there's, there's a, you know, that's the biggest thing I tell every patient of too, is don't stop living your life. Don't stop having fun because you don't think you can eat this stuff. Yeah, I still eat pizza. Heck yeah. I mean, I, I'm alive. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, don't, uh, don't get me wrong on that. But, um, but it's the, uh, the, the amount of time that you are doing that. How often are you consuming foods that cause inflammation? Um, that's what we want. That's what we want to do. Uh, you know, so, um, so to do a super quick, uh, a superficial overview, the, uh, the biggest offenders, um, when we talk about foods that are going to cause inflammation within your body, um, we're, we're talking most traditional carbohydrates. Um, you know, we're, we're talking your breads, your grains, your, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> your, your pastas, those kinds of things are, uh, are, are typically large offenders. Um, and then, you know, you, you get into, uh, your dairy for a lot of people, um, is going to be, is going to be a large offender. Uh, and then, you know, there's, there's so many additives to processed food of any kind. So I, you know, so stay away from that as much as you can, as much as you can buy organic, um, you know, eat food that's real and raw, um, you know, or, or, not pre-cooked is what I'm saying there. I uh, try to, uh, you know, buy, buy real foods that you are going to cook and combine yourself as often as possible. Um, <clears throat> and sugar, uh, sugar is a humongous one um, that we want to try to avoid um, as much as possible. I mean, shoot, that is a, that's a neurotoxin. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. you want to talk about something to lower your HRV. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, sorry, everybody. Yeah. You know, dark <laughs> chocolate though, you can still eat dark chocolate. It's really good. Yes. Dark, which is good, which is good. I, yeah, I get a test. Yeah. Um, so, so those types of things, uh, you know, are, are what we want to be paying attention to when it comes to the nutrition end of things. Um, you know, decreasing inflammation in, in every way possible. Um, and, uh, and, Oh, I, I just lost what I was uh, about to add there, but oh well. Uh, where, well where let, let me let me throw out one more quick question for yeah, you. Yeah. Is is just and and boy, we've got deeper dives to do all over the place. We kind of knew this coming into this one. Uh, my 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 question, pretty simple one, I think. But okay, you're doing uh, daily heart rate variability monitoring. Yes. Uh, how can you use that as a tool to? To, to look at some of these strategies? 
so you can actually, you can use your, your heart rate um, and you can actually use your heart rate variability uh, as well with that. Um, and you, what you do is, is, is a test, you know, almost like an elimination diet, um, which is, which is another thing that we should talk about at some, uh, at some future podcast. Yes. Um, but you know, if you, if you consume a food and you look at your heart rate 30 minutes after 60 minutes after nine minutes after, um, and you are seeing that your heart rate is going up, um, then, then we might have an indication there that, that you are having some kind of, some kind of negative reaction to the food. Now, if you add in heart rate variability, um, and equally we're seeing that, um, we're seeing that after, after you eat this food, we are seeing a drop in your HRV, right? Now we have another indication uh, that what is, what is happening here? How is my body reacting to this food? Now that has to be taken into a lot of context too, because, uh, because of course, um, you know, that means you, you literally have to be eating the food, sitting there and testing um, because uh, it, as, as we would have to talk about at a later point, um, how context affects heart rate variability and heart rate, um, you know, for that matter too, as a, uh, as an objective measure. So, um, so obviously if you, if you ate something and then, uh, you know, and then you got a phone call that, uh, that, you know, yeah. that something happened to your, you know, significant other or something, well, that would not be a good time to test if this food was good or bad for you, because, uh, all indications would show it was the worst thing in the world for you. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think the same with, you know, we talked about sleep and HRV and, you know, the, the interesting thing with the, the, I'm really nerding out about the inflammatory, anti-inflammatory, uh, characteristics of certain foods is eating. I would say what's typical in the Western diet creates a stress response within your body. Like, yes. like in the, the fact we can, and our app helps measure this, I think is such a really cool tool to bring to the world of measure it, you know? And then the thing that I'd love to talk to you at a future episode as well is, hey, even if something's on my anti-inflammatory list, if you have an allergy to it, uh, it might create that uh, inflammatory response uh, in you. And, and so that like the food allergy and you talked about the elimination piece as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so, so much to chew on, uh, for future episodes. So, yeah, I know you got a patient, uh, waiting to get, uh, some of the Dr. Dave healing going on. So, uh, uh, Dr. Dave, thank you so much. Uh, I, I don't think I have to tell the audience, we are going to expand. We're going to do deep dives into probably each thing we brought up uh, today. But Dr. Dave, thanks for joining the show. Uh, so awesome to have your expertise as part of our team. And uh, I'm already looking forward to our, our next conversation. Yes, absolutely. Well, I am happy to be here and I am thrilled that uh, the amount that we actually did get through today. <laughs> awesome. Everybody have a great one. Uh, take care of yourself and we will see you next week.